Father, we want to thank you for the privilege we have to gather together. We thank you, Father, that you have brought us all here safe, and we ask that you would keep us safe as we study your word. Ask, Father, that you would help us to just calm our thoughts and our minds, that we could concentrate on what it is that you want to speak to each one of us about. And Lord, I just ask that you would truly give us ears to hear and to receive wisdom and to know knowledge and understanding so that it can guide us in the way that you would have us to go and that we would be a witness and example to those around us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, my mom is going to be 98 to 28th of this month. She lives with my sister Doris here in Phoenix. Mom, mom, mom's hearing is not good, so she has to wear hearing aids, and it's those little tiny ones. And that's be important in a minute. Her routine at night is she puts her, wa- her walker beside her bed. She takes off her glasses, and then she takes out her hearing aid and places them on the walker. So they're, so they're right there when she gets up in the morning, and she's all ready to go. One morning, Doris said she hears mom say, Doris, I've lost my hearing aid, and I can't find it anywhere. So Doris goes into mom's room, and she checks the bed. She checks mom's lap. She checks everything. She said she finally took the bed apart looking for that hearing aid and no hearing aid. So Doris said, well, I'll get the dust mop and go under the bed and see if it rolled under the bed. So she dusted under the bed, no hearing aid. So she said, well, maybe it rolled under the nightstand. So she moved the nightstand and looked, not there. So Doris is standing there saying, what could she have done with that hearing aid? So she said, well, maybe, maybe mom went in the bathroom and laid it on the sink. So while Doris is in the bathroom, she hears mom say, Doris, where did you find my hearing aid? Doris said, Mom, I didn't find it. Mom said, well, it's in my ear. (laughs) So apparently when she was putting it in, she actually put it in and she thought she dropped it. Now you may be wondering what that story had to do with Proverbs 2. Maybe not much, but at the same time, it does remind us of how important our hearing is. Today, I have a really hard time understanding people that have a mask on. It's just, for me, it's hard to understand what they're saying to me. So I can't imagine not being able to hear. I think this chapter could be summed up like this. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. It seems the chapter is about hearing and applying what has been heard, what, what is heard. Does everyone have a handout? Yeah, yeah, more light. Uh, are there any handouts left, Jennifer? Perhaps Solomon's son thought, as we all have at some point in time, Dad, I've heard all this before. You don't need to keep telling me the same thing over and over again. It reminds me of when my oldest son had just finished boot camp for the Navy. He called me one night and said, Mom, I just want to thank you that you, you kept telling me the same thing over and over. Now that I am away and things come my way, I hear your voice telling me about the issue at hand. 
And it's interesting that this same son, when he was having a very serious discussion with his own son, his son's reply to him was, Oh, Dad, I've got this all figured out. Well, you know how that ended up, don't you? So with all of that being uh, listening and applying, what we have heard is a choice we make. So with all that being said, let's take a look at Proverbs, and we're going to read it in sections. So the first section in verses 1 through 4. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden treasure. Solomon starts this section out with the word if. Usually the word if is followed closely with a then. And we will see that very thing here in verses 5 and 9. I think we could easily insert our names here when it says my son. I could say, Tommy, if you will receive, if you will just just to remind myself that this chapter is relevant and up to date for us today. Godly wisdom never goes out of style. I only had boys, and I know from experience that if I wanted them to listen to me, I had to get their attention first. That way, I, the way I did that was to just quietly say their name, and they knew it was listen up time. Then I could say what I needed to say to them. I can imagine Solomon saying very quietly to his son, Son, and then once Solomon had his attention, then he could proceed to tell him the things that he would gain if he would receive his words. In order to receive, the son had to first hear and treasure his commands within him so that he would incline, and the word incline here means he had to be willing to hear. So that he would incline his ear to wisdom, apply his heart to understanding, cry out for discernment, and lift his voice for understanding. The son had to make a choice to hear so he could treasure what he was hearing. He could take it in and apply himself to understand what had been said. Hearing would make the son cry out for discernment and understanding. We can see from these verses that it requires work to receive godly wisdom. We have to seek and search, which means we have to work for it, as we would for silver and a hidden treasure. Jeremiah 29:13 says, "If you seek, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart." When we have to work for something, it becomes valuable to us. It has to get from our head to our heart. And in verses 5 through 8, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. And we come across the first then. 
here in verse 5. Now we will see the results of receiving and applying the words of wisdom. The first thing is that he would understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is reverential fear, and it means not wanting to disappoint. In Proverbs 1, 7, which is the key to all the Proverbs, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm sorry, the beginning of knowledge. Wisdom comes from God along with knowledge and understanding. Because wisdom, knowledge, and understanding comes from God's own mouth. We find all of this in his word. When we have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, he will be a shield to those who walk uprightly. He will guard the path of justice. He will preserve the way of his saints. And then verses 9 through 15. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of uprightness to walk in the way of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of, of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their path. After we have received and applied wisdom, we see more of the blessings we will receive. We will understand righteousness and justice. We hear the word justice a lot today, but think about it. Do you really want God's justice? Have you ever prayed for God's justice? We pray for forgiveness, mercy, and grace. Not justice, because justice requires giving the person what they deserve. And what do we deserve? We deserve death. But with godly wisdom, we understand that God is a just God, and he will always do what is right. He has to judge sin and that judge must be and that justice must be carried out and that the one let me start over. He has to judge sin and that justice must be carried out and that is one of the things we come to understand about justice. It is that it is in God's hands. Again we see here in verse ten that it must get from our head to our heart. When it gets to our heart, knowledge will be pleasant, discretion will preserve us, and understanding will keep us. Godly wisdom will deliver us from the way of evil and from those who speak perverse things. Have you guys watched TV lately? Isn't that about all you hear on TV is perverse things or see perverse things so I just can't watch it anymore because I don't want that stuff to go into my ears or into my eyes and then get down to my heart I don't want it so I just don't watch it there is godly wisdom and worldly wisdom and you can find the difference between the two in James 3 verses 13 and following wisdom will keep me from going off the path of uprightness and to walk in the way of dark darkness 
We have been delivered from the power of darkness through our faith in Jesus Christ. We will be delivered from those who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and are devious in their path. I think this sums up very well today. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are actually seeing this very thing work out in our world today. I never thought I would live to see the day when such evil, lawlessness, and the total disregard for the, for the Lord would rule America. Verses 15. Uh, 16 through 19. To deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsake the companion of her youth, and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death, and her path paths to death. No one who goes to her return, nor do they regain the path of life. I wonder if Solomon was speaking from personal experience here. Can you imagine living with 700 wives and 300 concubines? That's a thousand women for one man. Now imagine a family dinner. The competition of who gets to sit next to him. Just imagine all the petty arguments among the thousand women with just that one man to share. And then you add the children to the mix. And you're talking about a family dinner that's a royal mess. (laughs) I think Solomon had it. It was the the immoral or the pagan wives that Solomon had that led him away from his faith. So I am sure he had plenty of first-hand knowledge on the downward spiral when a person refuses to hear the words of wisdom. Words he must have heard from his father, David. Solomon says, if you receive and apply what I have just said to you, you will be delivered from the immoral woman, and here is how you will recognize her. She will seduce you with her words, her words of flattery. She will forsake her own spouse, and she will forget her covenant with her God for a moment of sin. Solomon says, if you choose to go after her, her path leads to death, and you will not be able to return again as her uh, return again or regain the paths of life. <clears throat> One commentary explained this part like this: Forgiveness is available, but you will never be the same as you once were after she is through with you. You will bear the scars forever. We have to remember. We can choose to sin, but we do not get to choose the consequences of that sin. We pay longer than we want, and we pay more than we want. Choosing to refuse godly wisdom is very costly. And in verses 20 and 21... 
so you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. Solomon is simply telling his son that by staying away from the immoral woman, he will walk in the way of goodness and keep on the paths of righteousness. He will not suffer the loss of what he once had. By staying on the right path, you will inherit the land and remain in it. And our last verse, 22. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. The end result of leaving the path and refusing to hear what wisdom says is that the wicked will be cut off and uprooted from the land. And that is a terrible end. And no one wants to be cut off, but sin requires judgment or justice. So now let's look at Ruth. She's our woman of the Bible for tonight. I love a good love story, and this is one of them. Plus, I am a romantic at heart. Naomi and her family were in Moab because of a famine in Bethlehem. Ruth was a Moabite. She marries one of the sons of Naomi. So Naomi's husband, as well as both of her sons, die during their 10 years in Moab. Naomi hears the famine is over in Bethlehem, so she decides to return, and Ruth went with her. Naomi tried to get Ruth to remain in Moab, but Ruth refused to leave Naomi, saying, Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God shall be my God. These words were part of of my vows when Earl and I got married in 1960. I don't know if they're still in there, but they were in 1960. So we can see from this statement by Ruth that Naomi had been mentoring her in the law of her God because Ruth said he would be her God as well. So they go to Bethlehem and then Ruth goes into a field to glean grain for them to eat. One day the owner of the field spotted Ruth and asked his workers about her. Boaz tells Ruth to stay in his field to glean grain as he had heard of her goodness to Naomi who was a relative of his. As I said earlier, I'm a romantic, so I want to share with you how I imagined this scene could have taken place. Keep in mind, it's not totally scripture, it's just my romantic imagination. I think Boaz was smitten at this point. I can see Ruth working away in the hot sun. She's tired, sweaty, and dusty, and uprides this handsome man. And, of course, he's got to be on a white horse. (laughs) She looks up and sees this handsome man, and her heart skips a beat because he's looking at her. When Ruth left Moab, she knew she would probably never marry again being a Moabite. So she drops her head and thinks to herself, Ruth, forget it. He is out of your league, and he would never look at a Moabite to marry. So now let's get back to the real story. Boaz left instruction when his workers, with his workers to leave extra grain for Ruth together. He also tells Ruth she has to stay in his field with his maids and to eat at his tent. Ruth returns one day with a lot of grain, and Naomi asks her where she got it, and she told Naomi that it was from the field of Boaz. Naomi knew the law of Moses. And she tells Ruth to do as Boaz tells her, and Ruth obeys both Naomi and Boaz. 
At the time of harvest, Naomi tells Ruth that she is to go into Boaz's tent when he is asleep to uncover his feet and then lay down at his feet. Ruth does as Naomi tells her, and when Boaz awakens and sees her there, he knows immediately what Ruth is asking. You see, in the law of Moses, there is a law about a kinsman's redeemer. The nearest relative had the right to redeem a relative, and if the widow had no children, the nearest relative or the kinsman redeemer was to take her, have children with her, so that her, de- her deceased husband would not be without an inheritance in the land. Boaz was her kinsman redeemer, and as a relative to Naomi, and when he, he, Boaz was their kinsman redeemer as a relative to Naomi, and when Ruth uncovered his feet and lay down, she was asking him to be her kinsman redeemer. In other words, she was asking him to marry her and to raise up children. But there was a relative that was closer than Boaz, and he had first choice of whether or not to take Ruth. Naomi knew this law as well as Boaz. Boaz tells Ruth to wait, and he would take care of everything, which he did. They marry and have a son named Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David, who later became King David, And ultimately, it was through this family lineage that Jesus was born. We can see that Naomi must have been teaching Ruth about her God as Ruth obeyed. Naomi must have always been giving out godly wisdom because Ruth never questioned what she was told. Just as here in Proverbs, in essence, Naomi was saying to Ruth, My daughter, if you receive my words, if you incline your ear to wisdom, good things will follow. Just as Solomon's son had the choice to obey or not, so did Ruth. Both the son and Ruth had the benefit of mentors who had godly wisdom and were willing to share that wisdom. We see that Ruth did what Solomon said to his son. She received what was she received and was willing to listen to Naomi's word. She treasured her commands in her heart and applied her heart to understanding. As a result, Boaz became her shield, her guard, and she was kept from evil. She gained an inheritance in the land. Ruth fulfilled Proverbs 2, and the result was the Messiah. We have the same choice today. Are we willing to incline our ear to godly wisdom, or will we just ignore it and suffer the consequences? I want to share something with you that happened last night. My son, uh, one of my sons lives two doors down from me, and he comes down, checks on me. We end up in these nice, long conversations about the Lord. And and I kept hearing this little thought here in my mind saying, ask him to read your notes. I didn't. I heard it again. I still didn't do it. Finally, I heard it the third time, and I thought, okay. You see, what I was thinking is he works in downtown Phoenix, and he has to drive in all that traffic. It was getting late. It was getting close to 9 o'clock at this time, and my mother's heart kicked in. I was more worried about the physical. I wanted to make sure he was safe the next day. So I ignored that little still small voice. So finally, I asked him, I said, Neil, have you got 
time to read my notes for tomorrow? He said, sure. So I handed them to him. And I said, but before you read the notes, you need to read Proverbs 2 because you won't know what my notes are about if you don't read the, ver- the, the chapter. So he reads the chapter and he says, Mom, this is exactly what I have been praying about. He said, I have been asking the Lord, how do you hear? And how do you help someone else know how to hear? It didn't hit me until this morning when I was getting ready to come out for Bible study this morning that had I continued to ignore that and just done my own thing, I would have knocked Neil out of a blessing because it showed Neil that God was answering his prayer. And that was so important. See, I was more interested in the physical it never dawned on me that God was doing something in the spiritual. It was a perfect fulfillment of this chapter. And who missed it? <laughs> all my notes, all the study, I missed it. Because I didn't understand. I just was willing to just let him go on home and get his good night's sleep and get up and go to work the next morning. But this has bothered me because how easy it is to ignore that still, small voice. Because it may not make sense what you hear. But we have to remember, it's the Holy Spirit. And we need to really be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and not quench that. Because we'll miss a blessing and maybe the person that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to speak to or share something with will also miss the blessing. So... I want to leave you with two questions. The first one is, do you have a Naomi in your life? And the second question is, are you a Naomi to someone else that you can pour your wisdom into? Okay, let's close and we'll go to our groups. Father, we just want to thank you for the many, many times that We ignore what your Holy Spirit tells us, and yet you continue to work with us. You continue to prompt us to listen and to obey. Father, I ask as we go to our groups now that you would help us to just concentrate on what it is you want each one of us to get out of this lesson, how we can hear and apply and come away with the wisdom that we need and the understanding and the knowledge of God. Because we know, Father, that it is all in your word and that you have an answer for each one of us, no matter what our question may be. I just thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do in our groups tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.